1: This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with Scott Eklund. It's Friday, day eight. We're already halfway through spring football. More Scott. than
0: halfway through. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and, and we did talk to De DeBoer today. Uh, we are outside right now in Husky Stadium. Uh, felt in like a the, good day for it because the um, the skies have cleared somewhat.
0: Southeast corner, right by the where the uh, where the opposing players come out.
1: Yes, that's what they do with us. They stick us in yeah. the they stick us in the away support, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Scott, it was interesting, you know, today was the first scrimmage, Uh first kind of publicized scrimmage that they've had. And, um, of course, literally as we're walking up the tunnel to go into the team room is when they start the thing, yet... When he was DeBoer was naming some players, we were asking about certain guys. He was like, "Yeah, these those are the guys we were shouting out." He goes, "Did you guys <laughs> did you guys creep up to the press box I was or something?" Like, we
0: haven't watched anything, Coach. Yeah. So uh, uh, hello.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting. So can we talk a little bit about a couple of the guys that uh, yeah. that he mentioned as guys that got uh, some standouts for for the uh, the way they participated in today's uh, scrimmage?
0: Yeah. So um, the guy I asked about was Cam Bright. I wanted to get an idea about the other transfers, not Michael Penix, because we talk about Penix quite a. Bit bit so I wanted to ask about um, Junior Alexander, Aaron Dumas um, and Cam Bright and he only talked about Cam Bright because he got like multiple shout outs from they call it shout out Friday where the team the teammates say hey this guy's really doing well in drills or whatever and Cam Bright got a bunch of it he said he was very physical today had a good game had a good practice today um, and uh, is playing really well he has stepped up into the first linebacker role um, with Carson Bruner out uh, right now. So um, it was him and uh, Alfonso Tupatala, and it sounds like Cam Bright has really started to um, make a little bit of a jump now that he's been here for a couple of weeks.
1: Yep, and it sounds like Devon Banks had a couple interceptions. Yep, yep. that was a big one. Today, yeah, and it sounded like uh, both Michael Penix and Sam Heward both had uh, long touchdown throws, roughly 40, 40 to 40 50 40 yards. 40 to 50 yards, yeah. Didn't say who they were thrown to but uh he was asked yes he was asked uh (laughs) uh, yeah we had a couple people in the media that were uh trying to get him down into some very specific details and he He was was, like
0: you're 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 uh catching me off guard here i wasn't really looking at exact guys because i rely on the film for that
1: yeah but he also mentioned quape hopa which is a guy he was asked about uh really likes his mindset and way he's getting after things um I think you mentioned Devin Culp as well. Yep, mentioned yep. Taj Davis as mm-hmm. a guy who stepped up a little bit. There were a number of guys, number mm-hmm. of guys who who maybe we haven't featured or talked about too much. That uh, you know have gotten it, it got a little bit of mention today, which yep. was kind of interesting. Um, you know, any anything else from the from the press conference that, with um, that uh, well,
0: they was, did ask him a lot about NIL. Um, there were at least three questions about NIL. Yeah, and I'll, cut that, up. I'll yeah. cut that
1: video up. Um,
0: and put that up on our thing. And, yeah. and I was actually going to do a little bit of a story on that probably over the weekend of his thoughts on NIL. Well, for, any,
1: yeah, any time yeah. that Nick Saban mentions anything about anything, it gets nat- national traction. And basically yeah. Nick Saban saying, the way the NIL is set up right now, it's essentially pay for players. Yeah, can pay, we can pay for players. Yeah, and when the when the number one head coach in all of college football says that and and really doesn't have any reason to couch mm-hmm. it or play politics with it, um, that tells you something. Yeah, because he calls uh, yeah. it an unsustainable model. Well,
0: and what a lot of people joke about is Alabama has been paying players for a long time, anyways. Right? That's what that that's what a lot of people claim. And uh, but this is this is different. This is a little bit different. And, um, yeah, so, and, and, you know, Kalen Board just said, hey, you know, people have asked if it's not being used the way it was intended. And he said, probably not. Yeah. It's probably not being used the way it was intended. But right now we don't have rules for that. And, you know, they've got this this little outline or this shell of a rule, but no one's following through with any disciplinary actions on those things. So,
1: And, and he also admitted yeah. that recruits... Ask him directly about yeah. it, and and yeah. you want to know what the situation is. And and you know what?
0: Some kids are going to ask about it, but they're not. It's not the number one thing on their minds. They they they're more worried about stuff. And then there's some kids who come in and say, "Coach, I don't care about the other stuff. I want to know about nil. How are you going to take care of me and my family? Yeah, and stuff like that. And my guess is that Washington. I'm not going to say just make a blanket statement, but my guess is most of those guys are going to be guys that. Don't really fit what Washington is looking for, in a lot of schools probably.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. clearly, I mean, you want I, guys who love football. Again, though, when yeah. Sabin makes a note of yeah. it, maybe that starts to put the conversation into hyperdrive, yeah. and maybe the people that are well, actually in a position yeah. of power to do something about it will actually try to do well, something reali- about it.
0: Well, realistically, what has to happen, at least to my knowledge, reading the situation, reading up on the situation, is because the Supreme Court made it legal for payers to get, players to get paid, right? Congress has to come in and come in with the rules. And then that will allow the NCAA to enforce things. Because um, they'll adopt basically the same rules. And they'll well, be able to enforce
1: And the it. reason why the federal government has to get involved now is because the states have already decided on their own yeah. what their own and, NIL and rules some, are going to be. And
0: some states have it much more lenient, where the coaches can be involved. As opposed to other states like Washington where the coaches cannot be involved.
1: Well, and, and more to the point, a lot of states have already enacted NIL <laughs> legislation, and there's some that haven't. yeah, so there are some states out there that literally haven't even begun it's the Wild West yeah, states. to schools, even those work schools, on, yeah. on, on what, the, what the wording should be, mm-hmm. what the law should look like. There's are so many things about it mm-hmm. that are just kind of left dangling. And then obviously there are the schools that have said, basically, screw it. If you guys aren't going to enforce it, then we're going to do whatever we want. We're going to take advantage, and we're going to yeah. basically treat it like it's fair game and it's open mm-hmm. season for everybody, and, yeah. and that's great. No, I don't have a problem with that. But essentially at the end, it is like speeding or anything else. and yeah. you know, As long as you don't think someone's watching you, yeah. Try to get away with or, as much like, as you can.
0: Or like Al Bundy said when he was teaching Bud how to drive on uh, Married with Children: no cop, no stop, <laughs> all gas, no brakes. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, do um, we... as far as practice today, I mean, people were wondering on the message board thread that I posted. Yeah. There, I mean, we saw a couple uh, special teams sessions and a lot of team drills. There was really nothing worth mentioning because they didn't even do their normal 11 on 11 like amp up kind of thing that they do at the beginning of practice sure. yeah. that we that i'll usually report on because they were going to scrimmage today right so we didn't say really the only reason that. they didn't do yeah. that is
1: because they were going to get yeah. i think he said what almost 90 plays in yeah i think he called i said 89 plays yeah is that what he said i think yeah, he said yeah, 89 yeah. plays like specifically yeah. i'm like okay yeah you got it down to the to the play we had a certain number we wanted to get in and that's what we're getting in there you go um but, yeah, but to be honest, you say that, you know, you, there's just some special team stuff and what have That actually intrigued the heck out of me because mm-hmm. this was the first time we'd really gotten a chance to maybe see some involved punting between the guys that they've got, yep. um, Jack McAllister, and then Ryan, the, the kid from Idaho State that's yep. in. Um, and it's really interesting watching him because he's ambidextrous.
0: Yeah, he can punt with either foot. And, yeah. But he
1: was using his left foot almost exclusively yep, that today. I saw. Yep. And I, it just almost kind of occurs to me, it's like – depending on the way they want to set up their protections and the way they want to go, are they going to use one guy to be the left footed kicker Mm and one guy to be the right footed Mm -hmm. kicker? Is that the reason why they, they wanted him in the first place? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's really fascinating because I'm just wondering if, well, if they look at things and just yeah. kind of go, well, we're going to go left this time, so, uh, yeah. you know, Ryan, you go up. Oh, uh, we're going to go right this time, so maybe it's McAllister. Because yeah. McAllister showed he's got a good leg. He's got a good leg, yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously the last time they had a walk-on punter, it worked out really good with Ray Porter. so yeah. uh, no reason to think they couldn't use both. I just think with one guy who could literally use either leg, it, it really offers well, up a lot of you, options. You know what
0: was funny was, you know, you talk about walk-on punters with their, with their big legs, Kyle Rasp had probably the biggest leg that I remember right. here. And um at
1: least before Porter. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean he would boom those punts. The problem with him was consistency. Yeah. Cuz he would have one that he would just rock it like 60, 70 yards in the air.
1: It's the reason why John Anderson didn't yeah. want to do both. Yeah. Is because there are different motions. I know. And so Anderson <laughs> oh, obviously ridiculous. had the biggest leg at Washington yeah. at the time, but he didn't want to punt because every time you watched him punt, he would kick it 60 yards down the field one time, and then he'd kick it 60 yards into Rosie yeah. the next yeah. time. Yeah. I
0: mean, it, it just, it's, it, you know, people wonder, well, he's got a big leg. Why isn't he the one punting? Because if he can't get his drops right, if he can't get his, you know, stuff, right? It's not going to work.
1: Well, and, and nowadays with the rugby style, you you know, yeah. how much of it do you want to knuckle? How much of it do you want to get on the ground first yeah. to cause confusion with the return team? Yeah. There's there's a lot of other factors involved that we just yeah. obviously haven't yeah, dealt with, uh, you know, fif- 10, 15 Kevin, years ago. Kevin
0: Ryan's... Um... Punting when he was at Idaho State is nothing. I mean, from an average standpoint, is nothing to really write home about. He was, it was under forty yards yeah. a couple times, a couple of his two seasons, so or of his three seasons. So, um, you know, he's he's not a guy who's going to wow you with his his distance it's going to be more of his his directional punting and where he's going to go he's going to be the Jeff West of the of the Washington <laughs> wow. Husky football you know that's okay. a deep pull right there uh, <laughs> but you know you remember he wasn't a guy who had a big leg though but he could sky it and there was never a punt return there was never a punt return against the Seahawks back in those days yeah. because he, his hang time was so immense that guys never had a chance to really return a punt yeah. so you know you don't have to have a huge leg it's really about your net more than your than your actual raw average right you want your net to be you know somewhere around 40 to 42 and Ryan's is right there and so that's probably what
1: Washington is looking at I would also say too and I don't know how much of it you paid attention to but they also had a great Kind of cover drill yep. with the returners. I wrote about it. It was yeah. like one on one on one, where the mm-hmm. returner had a chance to beat the guy coming down to, to tackle him or to touch him. But he, there was a guy in front of him yeah. trying to block him. Yeah.
0: There and, was a, there were a couple cracks in uh, there too. Yeah, There's De,
1: Demario King. Popping. Demario King got into it. He he pancaked a guy. I thought a couple guys. I thought Mish Powell did a really good job in terms of in, in terms of cover. Um, there was I, one where Alex Cook was blocking um,
0: one of the receivers totally held him the 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 referee threw the flag it was just it was more kind of a joke i think than yeah. anything but shepherd was like giving him congratulations i'm like when you see that film, you're going to wish you hadn't congratulated him because yeah.
1: that was old. Yeah. <laughs> and it also gave us a chance to see yeah. who they kind of like in the return game. I mean, we yeah. even saw, like, Aaron Dumas returning yeah. some stuff. But yep. you, you saw Roma Dunzi, You saw Giles Jackson, obviously. We saw Jalen McMillan. Also saw, like, um, like Nick Duran, the, like, yeah. the walk-on uh, receiver. He yeah. was... He was out there. He got a
0: couple in there. Yeah, um, the thing is, last year, because Giles Jackson only averaged like 5.8 or 5.9 per return. He he wasn't anything special. He looks a lot more comfortable back there. I don't know what it is, whether it's, hey, new staff, I get a kind of... New lease on life or something. I don't know what it is. He didn't look comfortable catching punts last year. Well, this maybe, year, maybe he does. I'm
1: misremembering, but I thought he started to get comfortable like the last toward couple the games. end of the year. Yeah. yeah, and
0: and so, but you know, maybe he's just feeling his out because he looks smooth. Yeah. He he doesn't bobble the ball. It comes right in. He he tracks it well. All those different things. I, I like I like what I've seen out of Giles Jackson. This whole camp. I'm talking offense, defense running routes, running uh, you know, fly sweeps and all those different things, I think he's looked about as good as I've ever seen him. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, again, because we didn't see the scrimmage, yep. is there anything else that we really should focus on? I mean, one thing, obviously there were a number of recruits there we can talk about it real quick. And but, former players, and, too. And a yeah. lot of former players, including former coaches. Uh, Dick Baird was here with his wife, Kim. Coach Hart was here again. Yeah. Tim Cowan was Tim here. Tim Cowan was here. I think Steve Palour was here. Oh, I didn't see Steve, th- but that, Steve that would make sense
0: here. since his uh, – is it his nephew? I think so. Yeah, Zeke, since yeah, yeah. Zeke is his
1: nephew. Yeah. And then – might he be his son?
0: How do I not know this? I thought it was uncle. I think he's his uncle, but whatever it is, he's yeah. he was here. Um, They're related. My, my, yeah, <laughs> Michael Knipe. Was here, he's the head coach at Bothell Uh, He was a walk-on, or I'm sorry, at Bellevue He was a um, walk-on Offensive lineman at Washington And he's one of those offensive linemen That doesn't look like an lineman anymore he right. looks more like a basketball player. He's right. he's a long, skinny frame. Well, and that's the thing. Anybody who follows like Henry Roberts. Oh, on my Twitter gosh! Or yeah, Instagram, he was another one. He's literally half what he used yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I, he's under two hundred pounds yeah. at oh, six six. It's pretty crazy. It's crazy how quickly they can lean yeah. out when they're not. When when that's what yeah, yeah. that's what they're doing. Um, uh, Deontay Cooper was here. He's the head coach at Highline. Um, I, the great thing about Deontay is there he— Ferndale, I think there were some Ferndale
1: coaches here. Too, there
0: were some Ferndale coaches down to see uh, Guerin, but also yeah. to bring Landon most likely, But although Landon's parents were down here too, so they probably, um, you know, to watch Guerin. But um, there was also—so some. should we go into some of the big-name yeah, guys? Okay, sure. so Micah Banuelos, the offensive lineman from Kennedy, was here. This is at least his second practice, if not his third. I think it was his second practice— A guy by the name of Leviticus Sua was also here. That's probably the biggest recruit that's been here from out of state so far, from a from a from a reputation standpoint.
1: Yeah, no, he's 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 a twenty three kid, though, right? Twenty twenty three kid. He's been around for a while. He
0: he has been on the radar since he was a freshman. I was gonna say he's arguably the best West linebacker. Close, if it's not him number one he's right there like two or three but um so he was here he's a four star close to a five star actually i think um and he was down here the coaches were showing him a lot of love denzel boston who signed with washington back in december he was here this was his second practice that i remember him at um and he didn't want to talk to me after the last one he says i don't want my thoughts put out right now because i want to see a couple before i give you that so hopefully he'll be okay with me getting the thoughts the second time um Let's see here. There was a uh, couple other ones that I'm trying. To... Oh, Jaden Lemar was yeah. here, and that's the first time he's made it to campus. And there was there was a handful of um, Lake Stevens yeah. coaches on hand. There was also some Puyallup coaches, which confused me because Puyallup is purple, purple and gold. Yeah. And the Vikings and Lake Stevens is purple and gold, and the Vikings. Yeah. So I had but they're to. They're
1: more purple and yeah, yellow. They're more like yeah, cultural, more like, yeah. Like, like Minnesota.
0: Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. yeah, but still, it it. I was like, oh yeah, it's a big bunch of Puyallup coaches. And I saw Lemar, and he was hanging out with some of the guys when the Vikings. Well, that must. Okay, I think one's Lake Stevens because one had P yeah. on it, and one was up and Lake Stevens. So anyway, so he was here. That's a big, that's a big time thing because he didn't have Washington in his top ten when he released it. Right, and he had a top nine. I'm sorry, he he didn't have Washington in it, and so for them to get him down here, I don't know how hard Washington's going after him because they already have Tybo Rogers. Right. But I do know that they want to, they would like to bring in at least one more uh, running back because. And you made this note in the uh, practice thread right. that uh, Will Nixon and Wayne to tu- uh, tu- what's Tula the name Papa. Tula Papa uh, both signed their letters of, not letters of intent but well, their agreements or whatever appears, it is yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so they are both signed now and you're going to lose Tulapapa at the end of the season yep. and they're looking at bringing in one more. Transfer running back. Yeah. That, that's what we could be looking at, and he's another one who could be. I don't know his exact um, where he's at, uh, eligibility wise. So Washington could be losing two, and then you know they're probably going to have some guys leave. So they're. I think they're looking at two. Running backs in this
1: class, yeah, and I think they were looking short and long term. Obviously, yep. short term with Talapapa Papa because obviously he just has the one year. Yep, but he was captain at Virginia, so I think they wanted that leadership yep. piece, just like Cam group. Bright. Yep, for that group or his. And then, um, for a bit, you know, and then yeah, and then obviously yeah, like you said, Cam Bright uh, was was a similar type of guy. Michael Penix, I think,
0: was, was a team captain at one he point. Yeah, he
1: may have been again. Yeah, and it's it is interesting to look back on that on the. Um, on that quarterback competition, real briefly, because you know he's not going to want to tip his hand. Nope. But you know, Deboer, I mean, basically said he was really pleased with how they're doing. All three loves, loves the competition. He thinks this last week of practice has been great for all three of them. Um, we all kind of maybe assumed, and I did think that that Dylan Morris might have the edge just because he was the incumbent coming in, and that all of them were going to have to kind of learn from scratch, even though Penix had a little bit more of a connection. Yeah. It sure sounds like Penix has the inside track now. And, and whether he wants to admit it or not, yeah. it sounds like he's done everything from, that he needs to do.
0: From everything that we're hearing on yeah. the back end and from from some observers and, and, you know, whatever, it and chatter, it sounds like Penix has started to pull away from the other two. But, yeah. you know, it's still a ways to go. And not to jinx things, there's no wood for me to knock on, but... Um, you know, the guy hasn't stayed healthy for a whole year yet in college. Yeah. So you're gonna need at least two, if not all three, quarterbacks to be up to speed and ready to go. Yeah,
1: and again, we're gonna be hypothesizing about it and we're gonna be stating our opinions on these things, whether or not he gives us any sort of an answer. Deboer, I you know, to his credit, he's been a lot more forthcoming with individual names than any other coach that I've dealt with in a long time um you know sark will, would do it a little bit sark would do it a little bit but peterson absolutely would not want to do this uh jimmy lake didn't like to do he it he was all that much. okay with it but it DeBoer, wasn't, yeah. you know deborah is he when he's asked like who looked has looked good he will mention a name or two mm-hmm. he he's not shy about that the other thing that i thought was very very interesting um is that he really it does feel like he's approaching this spring a lot like Peterson would, in terms of when Peterson kind of famously said, you know, you can't win spring. Yeah. It doesn't feel like Kalen DeBoer's trying to win spring at all because there was a handful of oh, guys that yep. were out. That's what I was just going to mention, uh, yeah. For the scrimmage. I mean, guys, so, so guys there, that we hadn't seen that were out before, like Dominic Campton yeah, was the out. Four, the, there were four DBs out that had been practicing.
0: Yeah. And that was uh, Vince Nunley, Jordan Perryman. Dom Hampton, and Elijah Jackson. Right. Those are the four. And so that, that just – and he and he even
1: said those are yeah. just tweets. He just says we're doing – that's a precautionary. Yeah, thing. it doesn't
0: sound like – if there was a game, it sounds like all those guys probably would have played. Yeah. But there is no game today, so why go out there and have – especially on a cold day. What if it's a hamstring that one of them was dealing with, yeah. and now you're out on a cold day and – you you pull it you tear a hamstring sure. and now
1: you're out for 8 weeks. And and that's the bad news that so. came with that, but the good news is he did let us know about guys like Davon Banks mm-hmm. with the two picks, other guys stepping up and playing well. You know, these are the things you want to hear about. You want mm-hmm. to hear the next man up that are coming in yep. and taking advantage of their opportunities cuz Davon Banks was a guy that Jimmy Lake absolutely gushed about and was in one of those situations where he got hurt. And kind before, of fell his, the junior year, before kind his junior year, before his junior year, kind of fell through the cracks, even though he was getting a ton yeah. of recruiting attention. Mm-hmm. And then because he fell through the cracks, it, it took um, a trip to I don't remember if it was Redwoods or he, if it, was it was somewhere else. It was it was um, College it, of the Redlands. It was Redlands. It was one of those yeah. satellite uh-huh. uh, camps. And that's where they kind of uh, latched on with him again. And yep. that's where his recruiting process... He was a really, 2021 guy. Yeah, kind of reignited.
0: So, so for people who don't know, he tore his knee, I'm pretty sure. He had a pretty serious knee injury right before his junior year, which was 2019. And so he doesn't play as a junior. Then he's getting ready to come back and have his big comeback for his senior year. Wiped out because of COVID. Yep. So he doesn't get to play at all his senior year so basically he missed two years of football and so when Washington showed up when he showed up at Washington's satellite camp they 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 had asked him to come because they wanted to see what he looked like right And he came and he was able to show that, hey, I'm fully recovered. You don't have to worry about my knee. And they saw the explosiveness they were looking for. I mean, I can go back and pull up what Will Harris and Jimmy Lake both said about him. And basically talking about how this kid would have gotten easily multiple Power 5 offers if he had played. But because he didn't play and because Will Harris had a strong relationship, I think, either with the dad or the coach of the school that he came from, whatever it was, that's how they found him. Right.
1: So, uh, anything else to kind of finish up on the football side of yeah. things?
0: No, no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, um, I'm, I'm going to have um, a uh – uh, Josiah Wagner story up. Um, I've already done the interview I just I just wrote it up it'll be up for tomorrow morning Saturday morning um, on his trip That was his first visit to Washington since uh, the start of spring. Uh, Jaden Moore is a guy that I have set up to call this afternoon and he did just tweet out yeah just photos. tweeted out it's stuff about it and there were umbrellas yep they're so scary doing the very yeah thing. Very, and all
1: the kids love it. They tell me. So if they Amer- think it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm saying right now, Leviticus Sue is probably going to tweet out some pictures on his Twitter account. Don't. There will probably be a Mary Poppins photo in there. Don't so. get
0: upset. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, or they're sitting up in the stands. Those are some new ones that I saw from. Uh, um, the DB that they offered to, out of California, Leroy, uh, whatever his last name was, yeah, Leroy yeah. Bryant, I think Bryant, is his Bryant, name. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he, he and his buddy was, were sitting with umbrellas in the stands. Yeah. So I thought that was good. Kind of, but anyway, the kids are all telling me that they love it. They think it's fun. They, they're like, waltz well, is doing yeah, it. Yeah. Well, they're like, it rains in Washington. Why wouldn't there be umbrellas in there? And what they tell me is they come out with all these props for these kids to use, and the kids. Choose what they are, and most of them are choosing the umbrella hmm. so, umbrella or sledgehammer, yeah which
1: one exactly. I, I have no idea so, what they 're using
0: yeah, so anyway, um, but yeah, that kind of wraps things up i 'll have a bunch of uh, stuff up and and I know that Jack um, just sent me. Um, the Noah Williams impact story. So that will be something to look for this weekend. Right, and
1: that leads into what I was going to talk about yep. really quickly. Uh, Washington has gotten – they can talk about him now. They have received um, – they got a letter of intent from Corin Johnson from Garfield, mm-hmm. the guard, because he's a high school kid. He would have signed a letter of intent. But they also announced that Noah Williams is At officially size. in. Yep because Noah presumably had signed a letter of intent to go to Washington State out of high school, he will have just signed scholarship papers. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how they can talk about it. he just has him. one year?
0: Or is no, it no, two? no, he's
1: got at least a couple years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's he's good. got at least a couple years. Um, and so that those two things were announced uh, earlier today, and who knows? I mean, there, there's still a couple of big names out there. Uh, Forda is AMAC, uh, Frank Kepnang, Isaiah Cottrell there's a number of guys that that Washington's still looking forward in terms of getting some bigs that they want to help fill out this roster for the 22-23 season. So look out for that, you know, news could come anytime and that's the thing. We found out that, you know, about Noah Williams and then all of a sudden within a day or two it happened. You never know with these guys. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be a week from from now, it could be a month from these now. These guys just have no respect for our schedules. Well, with a guy like like Fardaz AMAC for instance, you know, <laughs> yeah. he is a guy that's getting a ton of attention. arguably the top big man in the portal and so he's going to get a ton of attention uh it sounds like Gonzaga is making a huge press for him because they're going to be local like Washington because he's from Vancouver BC so you know look for that thing to to drag on a little bit Kepnang you know he's been very quiet online I mean basically other than his portal announcement haven't really heard anything so we have no idea Mm -hmm. what's going on with him and Cottrell we know he visited the, the kid from West Virginia, yep. and so he could pop at any time too. So you just never know what's going on with these guys. Just keep it locked to Dogman, and yep. we'll have the latest for you. All
0: right, sounds great. And um, like I said, over the weekend we'll have a lot of coverage, probably some spring – I mean, because there's, there's softball stuff going on. There's golf stuff going on, tennis, yep. Yep. all that stuff. So we'll have that for you guys, too. So just keep checking back, dog man. Lots of stuff going on.
1: Yep. And, and just a reminder, too, if you want to join up and get our daily newsletter, we're doing, we're putting them out at least once or twice uh, during the spring football campaign, at least. Uh, and then, obviously, if they're breaking news on commitments, things like that, football guys, basketball guys, we usually pr- uh, send out newsletters then. If you want to get on our mailing list, Send an email to huskystadium at gmail.com. Subject line is newsletter. That's all you need. Subject subject line for your email, just put newsletter, send it to huskystadium at gmail.com, and we will get you put on the list so you get the daily digest from us and you get all the breaking news and everything else that goes on for us. So I'll wrap it up here. For Scott Eklund, this is Chris Fetters of dogman.com. Go dogs.